0: This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. And before we get started today, I want to invite you to subscribe to my YouTube channel. That's right. After years of neglecting this very precious real estate on the internet, I am committing to producing content over there. The easiest way to find me over on YouTube is go to my website, Mr productivity.com m-i-s-t-e-r mrproductivity.com scroll to the bottom of the page and you'll see the youtube logo there just click it and subscribe and you will get exclusive content that i'm going to be putting on the youtube mike piachek writes for success magazines of which i am a subscriber by the way and coaches entrepreneurs he also founded so you want to write which helps writers improve their work and get published. Mike, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm actually very excited. I've been looking forward to this for uh, about a month now.
0: Well, I'm glad you're here, and we are talking before we hit record. Uh, Mike is up in Toronto. I'm in Houston, and I'm originally from Rochester, which is right across the Lake Ontario from Toronto, and so I'm always watching their weather, and so when it starts getting cool up there, I know it's going to come down to Houston eventually. Not as cold. We don't get that white stuff on the ground, although we did this past February. We don't talk about that. That's a period of time in Houston we don't talk about. And uh, so I'm really thrilled because what we're going to talk about is something, is four words on the show that is going to fundamentally change your life, dear listener. The four words are going to change your life. But before we give you those four words, which you probably already got from the title, because if I'm knowing me, I probably use these words in the title, but I'm assuming you didn't see the title. We'll just go with that. So, Michael, tell us a little bit more about what you are. I know you write for Success Magazine. I don't know if that's how we connected or not, but I'm a big fan of Success Magazine. I get it every other month. It's a fantastic magazine. So tell us more about you.
1: I found myself reading Success over and over and over again. You know, I'd I'd be Googling for something and it would be success.com comes up. And uh, at one point I just said, look, I got to start writing for these guys. I'm a writer at heart. That is my, you know, my passion. That's my my vocation. Um, I, you know, I, I do it for fun in my off hours, but I also do it for you know a little bit of the side income. Uh, but really, you know, I, I guess at my core, I'm a teacher. I'm trying to teach myself primarily um, how to improve, get better, have a better life, more fulfillment, more achievement, and I do that through my writing, and I do it also through uh, my coaching. I'm, I'm a coach as well, like yourself, and uh, I work with people one on one. And just love doing what I'm doing.
0: You know, I I love the fact that you said you're a teacher. When I was in elementary school, high school, college, I hated standing in front of the class and giving any kind of presentation, even if it was just a teacher. But something flipped. And I think it was after I lost my job in 2005, I was fired in 2005, that I realized, hey, the secret to success is learning how to train, to speak, to communicate, and all of a sudden now is evidence my podcast. I don't shut up. I'm on state. I don't shut up. I, I never shut up. And people who are scared to communicate, to speak, to be on camera, I would just encourage you just to do it. Just, just do it. Look at your first video, your first podcast, your first article is going to suck, but if you keep doing it, you should get better and better and better. But most people, they let the fear of starting but what do people laugh at me? So what? You know what? I, I got rid of my Instagram for about four months because I wanted to delete my entire, my feed. I didn't like the feed. I was so scattered. So I, the only way you can do that, by the way, that I know of is to delete your profile and restart it. So I only have like 117 followers on there. And sometimes I get 3,500 views on a video. Sometimes I get four. Wow. It doesn't bother me. I just, I, I don't, I don't let it worry about what people think. Because I, and I'd like to start with this about the fear because I, I as you know, I run every day yes. and I have YouTube premium and I have four videos I listen to on my run. And when you have YouTube premium, you can listen on the, when the screens lock and you're on to run. And one of them say, said, I don't know who said it, but they said, when you allow the opinions of other people to change how you feel, you've lost because you're allowing your life your trajectory to be controlled by other people. And so I'm very, I'm very intentional about this is my life. Yeah. I'm in control of my life. And I'd like to know your thoughts on the fear that people experience while waiting for those likes or those shares or those comments or their followers. That's just fear. And it's preventing you from becoming the best version of you.
1: Well, first of all, you're bang on. I, I love everything you're saying. And by the way, congratulations on getting fired all that time ago. Best thing I ever did was leaving the nine to five. And you know, for people that are still there, you know, kudos to you if that's what you love to do. But I believe that a lot of people are in a job that they really don't love. And I think the stats bear that out. It's probably 90% of people are really not truly happy with what they're doing for their work. And that really makes me sad because we all have this genius, this unlimited potential inside of us. And if we just started chasing what we we think we might enjoy doing we're going to start doing amazing work and it is fear it's fear that stops us from doing those things and a lot of people they don't have the practice of just doing it anyway because fear is not a terrible thing fear is simply a an evolutionary mechanism that kept us safe right when we' were in the jungle it kept us from from tigers and and you know from starvation fear is a messenger just like any other emotion including negative emotions and so when you can say all right I, I feel the fear. I can recognize it. I'm going to do it anyway. That's when good things start to happen in your life.
0: And what is the worst thing that can happen if you create a video and no one likes it? What's the worst thing that can happen if you go on stage and people laugh at you? What's the worst? They're not going to shoot you in the head. They're not going to put you in prison. And I just think people just need to go for it. So I'm um,
1: I agree with you. I produce something probably at least a few things every month. I love creating things. It's, it's, you know, an article that I've written or a video I've done. I'm just getting to video now. I think it's a wonderful medium. A lot of the times, yeah, you have 20 views on that article. I don't care because once in a while I'm going to have 1,000 or 3,000 or 5,000. And, you know, maybe I've, now i I've found the message. It's really – I loved um, hearing Payal Kadakia the other day. I, w- I was at uh, Tony Robbins Business Mastery in August. And uh, this is the founder of ClassPass, the, the app for, uh, for uh, health and, and going to the gym. And she was saying that at some point we just realized that failure is nothing more than a data point. You can look at this the same way you would your, your Google Analytics on your website. It's just telling us something. If you put out something and nobody responds, basically there's two possibilities: either you've you've got it in front of the wrong audience, or your message is just not resonating with anybody. And and most likely you just haven't found the right audience because you you haven't. Most people they spend all this time creating content. And they don't spend enough time promoting it, getting in front of people and looking and deciding who is their intended audience. We don't we don't really think about who we want to hear this. We try to make it for everyone. And that's usually a mistake.
0: 100%. And I shared with you also before we started recording, I'll share with the listener as well. I went to Grant Cardone's 10X Boot Camp this past weekend and I invested in one of his accelerated programs for a year. And I determined, made the intentional decision I'm just going to study grant for the next year. Guy's got two helicopters in a private plane. He's worth over $4 billion. He knows what he's doing instead he awesome. of going, Oh, here's a webinar. Here's a webinar. Here's a webinar. Here's this challenge. I'm just going to focus on one person because here's the deal. If you want to become successful, just study successful people. It's not that hard. Exactly. Don't, don't try to reinvent the wheel. Find someone. It doesn't have to be Grant Cardone. it could be Gary Vaynerchuk. It could be Darren Hardy. It doesn't matter. Find yes. someone who's successful and do what they do it's not that hard really so You've got it. that's the formula yes so let's talk about those four powerful words that you said you want to talk about in the show today which i think everyone needs to hear whether you're an entrepreneur whether you're a stay-at-home mom whether you're a corporate executive whether you're a high school or a college student everybody needs to hear these four words you need to write these four words down and you need to obey them so michael what are those words
1: Slow down, do less. That's it. That's really the message that I want to convey today.
0: Well, thank you for being on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's go deep on that because I don't know how old you are. I'm 56, and I remember when TV stations went off the air at midnight. Now... It's on 24 hours, seven days, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. If there's nothing on TV, you have YouTube, Hulu, Apple TV Plus, Amazon Video, HBO Max. You have the social medias. Life is always on and we almost feel like "I, I can't go to sleep. I can't slow down. I may miss something. So let's talk about slow down and do less. Hey, you listening to the Mark Duchowski podcast. Thank you so much for doing so. I really appreciate it. But are you a Mark Stuchowski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter, and you can sign up right now by going to MrProductivity.com. M-I-S-T-E-R, MrProductivity.com. It's almost like
1: the world is conspiring to make us anxious. You know, there is so much information coming at us all the time, and it's far more than we can process, you know, there, there, there's there's a million times more information out there than we could process in, in a day. And so I know it seems strange maybe to come on a podcast about optimal performance and say, slow down, do less. But I found, and I think a lot of top performers would agree with me, that if you do slow down to 90% of your effort or even 75%, that you actually get more work done. You know, there, the studies have been done that show after 50 hours a week of work, your, your returns are diminishing. All of the work you do after 50 hours really just, it becomes sort of lesser quality work, right? And Tony Robbins talks about this. You know, it's it's um, it's related to what he says about stop majoring in minor activities. You know, a lot of us are, are busy, busy, busy doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't know about you and your coaching clients, but I have a, a lot of them that come to me and they're, they're trying to get ahead, whatever that means, right? And I've been trying to get ahead as well. And, Usually that involves trying to jam more into your calendar, more efficiency, uh, you know, one more Pomodoro or it's uh, another, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, a productivity hack or something like that. I'm going to suggest you actually do less of that. And I want to I want to start by talking about one of my favorite books. I recommend this book all the time. It's not a very well-known book, uh, but it's called Essentialism by oh, Greg yes. Love that book. You know that one? Yeah. Fantastic book. He's got a follow-up that's just come out. I got to read that. But I want to relay the story that, that he starts with. And basically, it's about this Silicon Valley exec named uh, Sam Elliott. And his company was acquired by a larger business. And so he wanted to be a great team player, started saying yes to all the meetings that came through, the conference calls. He was stretched thin. He was going crazy trying to do all this stuff, right? To be every every one to everybody. And so his stress went up. The quality of his work went down. So he had a mentor, uh, a coach. And, and the coach said, basically, do what you would do as a consultant, and nothing else. You know, a consultant comes in and does just what they're, what they're hired to do, not, not everything. And so he started to ask, this, this guy Sam, he started to ask, is this the very most important thing I should be doing now? And what he noticed is that instead of seeing millimeters of progress in, in multiple directions, he's, he was seeing tremendous momentum on his vital projects. Um, there were other uh, surprising benefits to him. His family life improved drastically. He was able to come home and switch off and be with his family. He cut the cord to his phone at night. He started hitting the gym. Um, Really, at work, there were no negative consequences for him. His bosses didn't censure him or anything like that. In fact, his work, he felt like it was fulfilling again. And his performance reviews, they skyrocketed. And that year, he received one of the largest bonuses of his career. Mm. So instead of him doing less, it's, it's almost like do less but better. That for him, that was how he started to become a superstar in the company.
0: I love that story. I've read that book at least twice. It's a fantastic book. I too have to read his new book. Thank you for reminding me that. But you know that that advice you just shared with "slow down, and do less" applies so much. What you just shared with the gentleman going deep, and you know, I saw. I'm trying to. I'm trying to grow my YouTube presence. And I heard one of the guys who's really big on YouTube. He says, when you make a YouTube video, if you have like a hundred subscribers, don't look at it like you have a hundred subscribers. Say, I'm making a video because I have a hundred million subscribers. Just thinking that you have a hundred million subscribers, it's going to put you in a different mindset. That if you go well. I only have a hundred followers. No one cares. But if you say I have a hundred million, it's different. It's same with money. You could use money. If you go, well, you know, we're struggling to make the rent, make the mortgage, pay the bills. But you know what? I'm going to think like I'm a billionaire. Now you don't have a billion dollars, but I believe that when you think bigger, then your life changes. And well, I think- You've
1: discovered a secret to to life that some of the sages have been talking about for thousands of years. I mean, all of the major religions talk about this: that what you think is what you get, essentially. And you're right. I mean, all of the you know the forefathers of personal development, uh, you know, the Napoleon Hills, uh, the Dale Carnegies, they all talk about how when you when you think it will become reality, right? And that's that's in the Bible as well. It's in the Quran. It's in the you know the, the Buddhist texts. I've noticed it as well when you start thinking, uh, and it's not just you know this this positive self talk. It's it's actually starting to to use mantras, to change your beliefs, to catch yourself when you're thinking negatively, and then to start visioning. You know, there's I, I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. When I was a six year old, the you know, the movie I think it was Conan the Barbarian King.
0: Oh yeah. I,
1: <laughs> I was there with my my plastic sword, I was imitating oh, every move and rolling on the ground with him. And and uh, you know, so I, I started being a fan of, of Schwarzenegger. Uh, you know, we don't share our politics in common, but I really love the guy because I think hes hes uh, he understands another secret that when you have a very clear vision of what you want, everything else becomes more easy. Tony Robbins says this as well. You know, forget about the how, he says. Focus on the why. When you know what it is you want, the how almost takes care of itself. And And, and part of that is just starts with belief, right?
0: Hundred percent, and that's why going back, what I said a few minutes ago, I start every morning. There's four to six videos, depending on how long my run is, that I listen to, and the first three are always the same. It's I just woke up, so I wake up. What I do, if people are interested, my morning routine is: I get up at six o'clock in the morning, seven days a week, three hundred sixty-five days a year. That includes weekends, vacations, the whole I, no day off. I get up at six o'clock in the morning and I immediately put my sneakers on and I walk back and forth in my hallway for 10 minutes. I want to get that blood flowing. Then I read my Bible. Then I write my, in my journal. And then I spend about 10 minutes learning Spanish. And hopefully if I time it right, it's light enough to go out running. And I run every day and I listen to these four to six videos, and it's the same videos because I want this stuff imprinted on my subconscious. It's all about, you know, one of them is Tony Robbins, one of them is Robin Sharma, and a couple of people I don't know who the who the authors are. But the point is, I'm not listening to social media, I'm not listening to the news, I'm listening to things that's going to empower me. And what I found is, you know, when I slow down to do that, i I feel better. I have more energy during the day. Number one, number two, I'm not as anxious because I've already started the day on my terms. I started the day, not operating in fear, but in optimism. And I, I will fully freely admit I'm a solopreneur. I don't want to work 12, 15, 16, 24 hours a day. I get to a point where I'm like, okay, I'm done working today. And I'm done now. I work from home now. You can't see this listener, but Mike can. I have a couple of 10x t-shirts. I'm a big 10x uh, movement fan, and this is my work shirt. See, part of the problem when people work from home, they show up in their jammies or whatever. You know, I put this is my shirt, so my wife knows I'm wearing this shirt. I'm working, but this is not for her. This is for me. This is to me. Say so you got the 10x shirt on, it's work time, and when I go do something else, to take it off. But I've learned to slow down. So once a day, I will once or twice a day, I will spend time just being quiet. And I don't think we as a society slow down. You're not saying so much like don't do anything. You're like, you need to slow down. There's that story I heard, and perhaps you heard this too, where there's this, I don't know, this engineer or something like that, where he would go in his, off in his dark room, he'd turn off all the lights, and he would just sit there for half an hour. Because when your mind gets quiet, then it can think. If you're busy, 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 if you're busy being busy, You can't think that's why we all these great ideas come when you're in the shower because you can't do anything else but be present. But when we're outside the shower, what are we doing? We're on social media. We're checking out, you know, YouTube. We're checking out the news. Well, the brain can't give us ideas because we're not slowing down.
1: I've noticed that too. You know, again, it comes back to this avalanche of information, this fire hose coming to us all the time from the media, from our friends, from from things we choose to do. Right? We do this to ourselves. We we could choose to switch off and turn the phone off, put it put it away. You know, I, I like to put my phone in the kitchen cutlery drawer just so I don't see it. Because when you see it, you are tempted to pick it up and check it. And what's happening? Nothing. Right? Usually, it's another Facebook update. Um, I love that you have that shirt. It's it's priming you to remember what type of state you want to be in. I've got a, a simple printout beside my desk uh, on the wall. I have corkboard there. And it just says, focus equals power. Yes. And this is my new mantra. I, I discovered this really in, in, at, a, at a bone level this year, how important that is. And um, yeah, it, it's a matter of, of reducing the inputs, I think, in your life. And it, you said it's not about doing nothing. You're absolutely right. I mean, the Italians have this, this idea of uh, the tempo giusto. And, uh, you know, it basically translates to something like, um, you know, the appropriate pace, um, in music anyway, you know, think about it. The best conductors in music, they're not trying to get to the end of the piece fastest. That's not how we determine who's the fast or who's the best composer or, or the conductor, right? We want to do things in the appropriate time. So if you're having dinner, you probably don't want to rush through it in, in 10 minutes. You know, I might want to take two hours for that if you're with friends or something. Um, if you are, if you're creating something, you don't want to set yourself a one hour limit because really it's hard to even get into the creative mode in one hour. And, and sometimes, yeah, you have to, you have to move fast. You do it quickly. And, and I always like to say that patience does not mean inactivity. You can be patient. You can say, all right, we're going to do this at the appropriate pace without the anxiety, without the, you know, the feeling that I need to do this in haste and you still work. You just do the work.
0: Does your to-do list have you overwhelmed? When you join my digital productivity coaching program, you'll learn how to get and stay focused, become untangled from the chaos of your to-do list, experience less overwhelm, and have time to do what you really want to do. Sign up today by clicking the coaching tab at mrproductivity.com. When you talk about do less, the first thing that came to my mind is I have this exercise I send people through called the O-Day exercise. O-Day stands for Outsource, Delegate, Automate, and Eliminate. And I say for one to four days, write down everything you do, everything at home and at work. And then gift yourself 60 to 90 minutes and go through and say, okay, which of these things can be outsourced? And then go outsource them. And then what can be delegated and then uh, delegate it. And then what can be automated? We live in 2021. A lot can be automated. Automate those things. And my favorite letter E, eliminate what can be eliminated. If you do this exercise right, and I have not had anyone go through this exercise and go, didn't work. they will go, oh my gosh, I have so much free time. That's great. But here's the danger zone, Mike. Filling that open space with other useless crap. So you go into the exercise, got rid of all this stuff. Don't fill it with other stuff. Now you can slow down and do le- do less because you freed up your schedule. And the mistake people make, they go through this. They have all this freedom. They have all this open space. And then they go, oh, look, it, I'm going to put social media in there. I'm going to put news in there. And you defeat you might as well not even have done the exercise.
1: It's almost automatic, isn't it? We we see that space and we're like, ooh, I could do more. <laughs> but you know what I do? And, and I, I learned this from a, a researcher called Neil Fiore. And he wrote a wonderful little book. It's, it's dated now, but it's called The Now Habit. Is still extremely relevant, and again, not a very well-known book, but w- one that changed my life entirely. And he has this uh, process he calls the unschedule. He starts his week, and by the way, this is you know scientifically backed by his research and others' research. He has something called the unschedule, and what that means is that you start your week not by filling with what you have to do, but you fill it with free time. And friend time, time with your family, time to exercise, time to just do nothing, you know? Like one of my favorite things is to sit in the bathtub once a week and just think. Brilliant, brilliant. Like, like you said, thinking time. We don't have, most of us don't have enough of the just thinking time. What we think is thinking is not really. It's just we're, we're, uh, we're monkey mind. It's monkey chatter, right? But to actually find time for that, that's, that's precious. And then what happens when you prioritize your unschedule, everything you do in your schedule schedule is much more productive you've got the focus you can you can sit and write that email in uh, an hour instead of three hours or what, whatever it is
0: it's interesting unscheduled time i've never referred it to that but as i make my schedule day by day i put time in there to read it's because if i don't schedule time to read i won't get around to reading and when i found out several years ago that the very most successful people in our society are avid readers. They're avid learners. And the people who struggle don't, I'm like, wow. So that, I mean, that's gold. Listen, if you don't get that right there, if you look at Mark Cuban and Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and Barack Obama and, and Tony Robbins, they read all the time. Why do you think they're where they are? And, and they said, I heard a statistic granted over the last weekend, Uh, the 10 X bootcamp, he said 83% of people buy books, never even read them. What? It's like, I, 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 my problem, like, is I don't, there's not enough time. I would love to do nothing but read all day. Unfortunately, that's not a reality. I, I I would love to be able to read all day long, but nobody can. I mean, you just can't unless you're a book reviewer. No, it's,
1: it's not, it's not realistic. However, you, you've touched on a really important point and it's funny. I came across an article yesterday in my meandering on online and I didn't read it because the headline told me everything I need to know. It was, if you're not reading five hours a week to improve yourself, you're being irresponsible. Terrible, terrible title for an article. <laughs> However, the, the, the point is true. It's, it's that, um, you're right. Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, Barack Obama, they all read and they, they attribute their success to reading. They it's not that now that they're rich and, and have all this free time. Now they have the luxury of reading. No, before they were, they were rich and powerful, they, they read, and they read a lot. You know, I try to read, you know, just two books a month, and, and, and I call that enough. It's probably not. I'd love to read an hour in the morning, and I, I keep getting that message from successful people that, hey, you got to start reading. Something will improve you every day. Um, but the books that I have read have changed my life drastically. And, and, this you know, the thing that people don't read the books that they buy is totally believable, uh, but it's unfortunate, I, and I heard an interesting saying about this. It's that if you are, if you can read, but you choose not to, there's really no difference than someone who's illiterate. Mm, I heard right? that. Too. Sure, you can read and write a grocery list, but our, the point of reading is not to just be able to read a, a menu when you go out for dinner. It's <laughs> to understand and learn and grow and change, and and, and that that I think is is um, is incredibly powerful.
0: Yeah. Uh, one example is I read a book by Walter Isaacson a couple of months ago. It was called the code editors and it's about gene editing, right? I, I read the book cause I'm always looking for books that are outside productivity and optimal performance. Cause I want to expand my horizons. And in that book, I learned that bacteria has found a way to evolve to be resistant to viruses, they didn't have little Pfizer's or Moderna's. They didn't have science, little bacteria scientists. They just learned how to be resistant to viruses. And I'm like, Holy smoke. I didn't know that. And I learned that because I read a book that was outside my comfort zone. And I think if people do read the mistake, they make, they go, well, I'm only going to read about productivity or I'm going to read about social media or I'm going to read about focus, read something that is totally outside your area of expertise or comfort level. Okay. I love how, uh, Steve Harvey says you will never be successful until you get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I love that because so many people want to be comfy. Well, I don't know of a single, and maybe you do Mike, I don't know of a single successful person that got where they are by being comfortable. Do you?
1: Nobody comes to mind and and you're right. The only time we grow is in discomfort. If we are you know, I'll say that the opposite is true in, in my case of people that I know, the people that are the most comfortable, are the ones that are not growing. And, and I see, you know, some of my family members, same thing. They, they have all this potential, but they're, they're not interested in putting themselves in uncomfortable situations. And, and they're not changing. They're not growing. You know, they're not miserable, perhaps. But do you want to get to the end of your life and say, well, I wasn't miserable, of course not. You want to, you want to have an amazing life. You know, there's that Hunter S Thompson quote where you're skidding into the grave at the end of your life and saying, <laughs> what a ride. I love it. You know, that that's the kind of life I'd like to, to live. No, I'm not always successful. You know, I have, I have a small child and I, I, I don't go out partying much these days, but I am trying to at least get some juice out of it. And, you know, doing my walks in the morning, you've got your runs. I've got my walks. Went out this morning. It's only, it's only 47 degrees, but uh, you know, go out in the rain and, and, and just walk the river that, that makes life worth living. Absolutely.
0: And, you know, you, speak, you talk about 47 degrees and rain. Folks, you're not going to melt, okay? You can go and bring an umbrella. You can bring your galoshes, your rain jackets. So many people go, I'll go out and walk or run if the temperature's between here and here, it, the sun's behind the cloud. Look it. You, you got to stop doing that. You got to say, look it. I'm going to walk every day. Now, will I w- run in the thunderstorm? No. But you know what I do? I run in my house. It confuses the dog, but I run in my house. Every day means every day. So stop making excuses. I see so many people making excuses. I don't have the money. I'm not in shape. Well, how do you think I got in shape? I ran every day and I ate, I ate. Hey, you, you can't make excuses and it's, think that's going to get you where you want to get. I promise you, Elon Musk didn't create Tesla, didn't create SpaceX by making excuses. He took action and listener, please hear the words of Michael and I, take action. Don't dwell. Stop blaming other people. Take responsibility. Take action. If you truly want to have a private plane, there's nothing in the world saying you can't have your own private plane or helicopters like Grant Cardone. You're the one that's blocking your success.
1: You can have whatever you want if you're willing to work for it. And a lot of the times, you know, you also have to be clever about it. You can't just you know, dumbly or blindly, uh, keep, keep chasing something. If it's not working, you gotta yeah. be smart about it too. Uh, but you know, I have this, I have a desktop or have a folder on my computer of, of desktop backgrounds, inspirational things I've collected over the years. And the one that popped up this morning was uh, a picture of a gym. And there's a, there's an elderly gentleman in a, in a squat machine. He's pressing the, the squat machine. And beside that is his electric wheelchair. And the caption at the bottom just says, your excuse is invalid. <laughs> and anytime I, I start to feel like, oh, well, maybe, you know, I, I won't exercise today or I won't do this, won't do that. You know, it's raining outside. I, I did some bodyweight exercise upstairs you know, my family's downstairs having breakfast. I'm going to go up and I'm going to do just, you know, 10 minutes of intense exercise is, is, is enough. You know, I'm, I'm fit. I'm the most fit I've been. I'm approaching 40 next month. And so... Really, we, we can always find a way. And you know this, Mark. You know that if you can't run outside, you run inside. If you can't find the money to start this company, maybe you go to a, an angel investor or you bootstrap it or you get a you know go to Kickstarter and do a, a crowdfunding campaign. There is always a way. And it comes back to your why. It comes back to what is important in your life, your why. If you have a powerful enough why, the how will take care of itself. And you know, there's this, you maybe have heard this story. It's it's very popular these days it's about the philosophy professor standing in front of the class in, in college, and he just doesn't say anything. He fills a mayonnaise jar with some rocks about two inches in diameter. He asks the class, is it full? They say, yeah. Then he takes out of a, a, a jar of pebbles, pours that into the mayonnaise jar, fills the spaces in between the, the, the rocks, right? Is it full? Absolutely. Everyone nods in agreement. But of course, then he pulls out the sand and that fills the spaces in between all of those. And the, the mayonnaise jar is your, your life, right? I'm sure you didn't expect this analogy today, but your <laughs> life is like a mayonnaise jar, Mark. And so you get to decide what you what you put into it. And if you put in the sand first, you're not going to be able to fit so many rocks or even pebbles mm-hmm. in there. You got to start with the big picture stuff. You know, the rocks might be your family, your health, your relationships, your mission. And the pebbles is the, you know, the everyday work stuff, the school, your business, and the sand might be that stuff you want to avoid, like the social media. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Perfect case in point right there. And, and, you know, you have to understand the order of priority. And I talked about that book essentialism by, uh, by Greg McEwen. He's got a new one out. Uh, I forget what it's called, but the, the basic premise as I understand it, and he's got a great podcast about this he did it with uh, Jordan Harbinger. Um, and the, the premise is, he got to the point where he was so good at being an essentialist he only had rocks in his in his maintenance jar, but he had too many rocks you know he went he had he created new problems in his life where he was chasing so many big picture things and delegating all the little stuff and, and eliminating the things that he didn't want to do he he was again burnt out so we got to be careful about not biting off too many of these responsibilities so but you do have to focus on the the big picture stuff i think
0: When you were telling that story, this has nothing to do with the topic we talked about today, but I heard a story once, and we'll end on this note, where a philosophy professor put a chair on a desk, and the student's assignment was to prove that that chair didn't exist. And the the kids were, they're they're, they're like, how do I do this? And they're writing, they're writing, they're writing. And this one kid walked up, had two words on a piece of paper. You know what they were? what chair and so the the point of the story was sometimes we overcomplicate things you know we're trying to do 16 17 pages or 16 17 hours of work and what chair i mean so simple and he got it right yes that's a very zen approach to the problem yeah everybody else was like they're trying to you know have all these arguments and stuff like that. Two words, like you boiled it down to us for four words, slow down and do less. Listen, stop overcomplicating things. Okay. Slow down, do less. It's not that complicated. So Michael, where can we go to find out more about you and what you're doing in the world?
1: I'd love for people to visit my website. It's Mike That's spelled P I E T R Z a K and uh, I've got some some good information there so please come find me and if you're interested in working with someone who's a business coach a
0: mindset coach um, book a free hour with me let's talk all right well I am so thankful you're on the show today thank you for sharing your insights with us and I know everyone who listens to this show is going to slow down and do less so Michael thank you so much for being here it was my pleasure Mark thank you so much Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your time and attention for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchesky podcast. Hey, are you a Mark Stucheski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter where I will send you value multiple times a week. And I promise you, every time I send an email out to my insiders, it always has value value. So if you want to sign up absolutely free, just head on over to Mr. Productivity.com. M-I-S-T-E-R. Mr. Productivity.com.